we are in a new series called Simple. And what we're doing is we're decluttering faith. And why are we doing this? Well, if you grew up the way I did, uh, and maybe you grew up in church, maybe you didn't, at the end of the day, between social media, televangelists, which are not necessarily bad, I'm just making that as an example, all the preaching you've heard from your whole life, books you've read, people you've met, experiences you've had, chances are faith can seem really cluttered. Faith can feel like there's so much to this, why can't it be as simple as fill in the blank? Well, that's kind of why we're doing this, because it really can be. So today we're getting into a simple part two, decluttering faith. Last week, we talked about what is the Bible? You know, how was this thing written? To whom was the Bible written? Because the key there is, the Bible was not written to you. The Bible was written for you. Does that make sense? It was not written to you. The Bible was written for you. It was written to the house of Israel, but we get to be uh, partakers of that great covenant. We get to glean from that. So it's very important that we always keep, and here's the key, and we'll talk about this in just a moment, context over content. If we read content without context, we will think the Bible is saying something to us and about us that the Bible never implied, and that, my friend, is very, very dangerous. So, again, week two uh, called Simple Decluttering Faith. Um, so why are we doing this? Again, faith not filtered through the life of Jesus becomes complicated. Okay, did you get that? Faith not filtered through the life of Jesus becomes complicated. And here's what I know. Religion always complicates what God has simplified. Religion always adds when God has subtracted. And this is why we're taking time to simplify this, because what I'm afraid of is we've piled stuff on top of stuff in the name of trying to get to God, and God's like, chill, I've gotten to you. Quit complicating what I have simplified. So, we're taking a few weeks to declutter this thing. Now, as I stated in a previous service last Sunday, every person that you know has a filter through which they view everything. In fact, it would be kind of good if I did this right here. When we think about the Bible, when we think about faith, you know, I can't imagine what somebody who does not have audio on right now is thinking about this. That's okay. When we think about the Bible, when we think about faith, the, the truth is we all have a filter through which we sift content, we sift data. We can't help it. Maybe your filter is Baptist. Maybe your filter is Church of Christ. Maybe your filter is uh, agnosticism or atheism. Maybe your filter is Church of God, Assemblies of God, Pentecostalism, Charismatic Renewal. Maybe your filter is Methodist, Episcopalian, Catholic. I might have said Church of Christ. The point is, we all have a filter, right? We have a filter through which, when we read the Bible, we put our denominational religious filter on whatever's being said and taught. Here's what I want you to try to do for me today. Could you just take your filter, and here's what I want you to do. I just want you to set it aside today. Why? What if our filter is preventing us from hearing something that makes us freer? What if our filter is preventing us from hearing something that makes us freer? Now remember, if it doesn't make you freer, you're doing it wrong. Andy Stanley says it best. If your version of Christianity isn't making you freer, making you freer, you're doing it wrong. 
this is true. So I want you to just kind of say, okay, for the next 20 minutes or so, I'm going to set aside any predisposition the best that I can, right? It's always going to fight against us. I'm going to set anything aside about what I know concerning faith, okay? Now, again, last week we talked about what the Bible was. This week, we're going to talk about what is the gospel? What is the gospel? Our filters are aside. Now, let's get into the simplicity of what is the gospel. Now, the gospel is also translated euangelion in scripture. That's Greek, okay? So I'm trying to simplify it, but in order to simplify it, I need to deconstruct. That's kind of a weird word for some people, but I need to deconstruct what you think you might already know. And for some of you, you'll go, oh my gosh, thank God I already knew this. Yes, thank God I was already believing properly or uh, maybe a healthy way, because I'm not thinking I got all the answers here. But I am, I am leaning toward maybe there's something a little bit better than what we believed and what we've been taught. So the word good news is euangelion, okay? And it, and it means good news, okay? The gospel means good news. Hear me. The good news isn't bad news cloaked in optimism. Did you hear me? The good news isn't bad news cloaked or draped in optimi optimism. Let me give you an example. The world is in trouble, but one day we're going to be okay. That doesn't sound like good news. It sounds like bad news that we're trying to be optimistic about. But see, that's the opposite of good news. See, good news is the world may be in a mess, but there is an immediate, in this moment, a present hope found in the person of Jesus. Now that's good news. I don't have to wait to some world there to get what God has provided here, now. In fact, the good news would come in an announcement. Number one, the announcement started at the birth of Jesus. God, Emmanuel, God with us. We're trying to claw our way back to God, but God made his way to us already. My friend, that is good news. Now, the next thing is, the good news is plan A. It was never plan B. How do we know this? Because the Bible tells us that. You know, it's beautiful when we allow the Bible to interpret the Bible. It's a beautiful thing. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. Let's read this together. 1 Corinthians, and this is on your screen as well. 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 8. For I delivered to you as of first importance... Did you, you can't just blow past that. In other words, everything that I've taught you, this right here is about to be of first importance. That what I also received, first of importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance or according to with the scriptures or according to the scriptures. What scriptures? The Old Testament. Anytime we're talking about the scriptures, the New Testament wasn't written yet. So therefore, the scriptures were the prophecies that were already told us. So he's saying the very first thing I want you to know is this, that Christ, how is that possible? Because Jesus hadn't come yet because the prophets of old had already prophesied that one day a Messiah will come and deliver people from their sins. That is according to the scriptures, my friends. That is good news. 
In accordance to the scriptures, verse 4, this just gets better. Well, for Bible geeks, you know what I mean? Like in my, in my head, I've got a million things running here that I want to tell you, but I'm trying to keep it simple, okay? Verse 4, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance, it, there it is again, in accordance to the scripture, and that he appeared to Cephas, to the twelve, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time. Listen, Jesus broke up a big party after he had resurrected. Like this man showed up and said, y'all know I was that one, right? And I'm here among all these people. So he showed up to one. He showed up to 12. He showed up to 500. And I love how he says, and when he wrote this, you got to keep in mind, this is a hundred years after the resurrection. So you've got to keep in mind, this is so far, or 70 to 80 years past the resurrection. And he even says here, most of whom are still alive. In other words, you guys can't deny what I'm saying because I have an eyewitness account. That is good news. He says, though some have fallen asleep. Isn't it amazing that Jesus doesn't call dying in him death? He says we're just asleep. But those who sleep and are not aware of him, he calls us dead. Verse 7, Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Not me, to Paul. I'm not that old, right? He's appearing to Paul, and he's having this Damascus Road experience. According, another, let me say it like this to you. The according to their means that it was set up beforehand, plan A, not plan B. God didn't make a mistake and go, whew, I got to come up with something better. According to the scriptures, he already had this thing in motion. So the gospel is God's setup for humanity. <laughs> the gospel, you have been set up I have been set up. The whole stinking world has been set up with one message. I've got this. That's good news. Now, so the gospel is not just plan A, but the gospel is also a grand achievement. I, that's the best way to put it. A grand achievement between God and the Son Jesus. Well, what is this achievement? I'm so glad you asked me. Okay, listen. This achievement is this. Sins were paid for and you were made righteous. You go, Matt, I live like hell, dude. I believe on Jesus, but I live like hell. I have some major struggles. You may have some major struggles, but Jesus says you have some major righteousness. I get it. That's hard. That's the good news. The good news doesn't make sense to the carnal mind. In fact, Romans would teach us that the mind is at enmity with God. In other words, it's always fighting the righteousness of God. It's always fighting the good news because we don't want to believe that we can be made right. As one of my professors from college back in the day would say, he right-wised us. 
Now, you say, Matt, is this in the Scripture? Oh, it's absolutely in the Scripture. 1 Peter 2.24 says this, He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that he might die to sin and live to righteousness. Sin died, righteousness came alive. By his wounds you were healed. So now, wait a minute. So healing is not just a miracle happening. Healing is also my sin being dealt with and righteousness coming alive. Yeah, yeah, ultimate healing there is not just a physical thing that you happen to you, but healing is when you come to a realization that your sin debt, past, present, and future, we'll talk about that in just a moment, is paid for, actually we'll talk about that next week, is paid for and righteousness has now taken place of your old person. So, Sin was defeated. Sin was washed away. Righteousness was completed. Now again, I need to tell you something. This is going to push your theology. It's going to push you, and I need you to hear me. Lean in here. Somebody, somebody type in, let's go. Come on, type it in, let's go. I'm about to push you here, okay? Your righteousness is not something you get to decide upon. It was decided for you. It was decided for you by him. See, I have come to this realization in my life, and I don't know when it, it happened. I, I don't necessarily know that. Somewhere along the way, I have finally come to realize that I have absolutely not one ounce to do with my salvation. Yes, I believed on the Lord Jesus. I, I, I get that. But I'm saying I don't have anything to do with what he did for me. He did that separate from me and set me up so that I would one day believe in him. <laughs> See, that's good news. And for your life and for my life, he has set you up and made it possible for you not only to have your sins washed away, but for you to be righteous now. Again, I'm going to push you a little bit. I want you to hear this statement. You are as righteous today as you will be when you get to heaven. Because he did not reserve righteousness and say, I'm only going to give you a third of the righteousness that I have. No, when he poured it out, baby, he poured it out. It's not as though he says, I'm going to give you half of my love. No, when he poured it out, he poured it out. That is good news. So the good news is this. The offer is free. If it were not free, it would not be the gospel. John Piper said that. The offer is free. If it were not free, it would not be the gospel. How do we know it's free? Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5. 2 Corinthians 5. Eighteen and nineteen. All this from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ God was reconciling the world. To himself, not counting their trespasses against them, 
and entrusting us the message of reconciliation. So Matt, you're saying that he's not counting anything against me? No, because he counted it all against Jesus so that he would never have to count it against you. That is good news. That is the gospel by which you and I get to preach, teach, live in, experience. So, may we never again believe or behave as though the gospel promotes any sort of judgment, condemnation, or anything resembling. If my version, if your version of the gospel contains those attributes, it's not the gospel. In fact, it's heresy. That's a strong word, Matt. What the heck does that mean? False teaching. It's false teaching. Anything that puts me in bondage is the antithesis. I mean, it's anti-Christ. But the good news is, is that you who believe in Jesus are full of Jesus and His righteousness. Remember, and I'm going to close with these few statements. It cannot be good news and carry bad news at the same time. We do that as humans. Hey, I got something good to tell you, but I've also got something bad to tell you. That's not the gospel. The good news does not carry bad weight. So let me say it to you like this. The good news, the gospel is enough. Let me pray for you today. Father, thank you for the good news that we have been made righteous through Jesus. And Father, I know that we, particularly those of us who've grown up in church, we've heard that for so long that it loses its savor. But I'm asking today that you, by your Holy Spirit, would cause it to drop from our head to our heart and make it real in people again so that they can be free. In Jesus' name, amen. And I look forward to seeing you for week three of Simple Decluttering Your Faith, and we're going to talk about sin and some other things like that. It's going to really, really encourage your life. See you.